This morning, I am speaking about more boldness. More boldness. If you are right, uh, making notes, would you jot that down? More boldness. So please turn to Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 4, and we'll get there in a few moments' time. Now, specifically in Acts chapter 4, we're going to look at the three instances, the three and only instances uh, in the book of Acts where the word boldness occurs in this book. And it all occurs in one chapter, in Acts chapter 4. And I believe that there's something that we can really learn from this aspect of boldness as seen in the early church. Now, just to say this as by way of introduction is that the book of Acts contains an incredibly powerful story. Do you remember it? Do you appreciate it? Essentially, it's the story about the birth of the church of Jesus Christ and the subsequent effect that the church had on the world, which was a massive effect. And when I read the book of Acts, or I read a section here or there from the book of Acts, I found it to be very amazing. And in particular, I am blown away by the power of God that was in evidence in the early church. I'm also blown away by the remarkable boldness the remarkable boldness, please say the word boldness, a little louder. The remarkable boldness that we see in the early church, it's amazing to see. And so I pray that our hearts would be stirred today as you hear about this and read about the early church. Let me tell you, I believe if your heart is really hungry for God and you take these first few chapters of the book of Acts and begin to read them, get into them, you can even have an encounter with God just by reading what he did and his spirit making it alive in your heart and in your mind. And so may our hearts be stirred. So before we read the actual passage, let me just give to you an explanation of the context. So what had happened is a little bit before this, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost and, and, uh, and just prior to Acts chapter four, in terms of the context, here Peter and John they are going to the temple at about the ninth hour. They are ready to go and pray and worship God at the temple. And as they walk into the temple, they see this man who has always been there for years and years. He's a lame man. He cannot walk. He's known to the community, and he is begging. He's begging for donations. He's begging for alms. And so what happens is, Peter, in this moment, moved by the power of the Holy Spirit, he says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give unto you. He takes him by the right hand, he raises him up, he is supernaturally strengthened. His ankles, his legs receive strength, and he is healed from his lameness after being lame for 40 years. It's an incredible miracle. And we know that the Bible says that he went into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. You, it's no surprise that he was so excited. After all these years, he's healed. And now he's going in and he's celebrating this. And in terms of this, the people were utterly amazed. 
They had known this man, they had seen him, and now they see him walking, and it's a miracle that you cannot argue with. And then out of this context and people gathering, here is Peter in Solomon's porch, and he seizes the opportunity to begin to preach the word of God boldly and unashamedly in that context. But because the religious leaders didn't like what he was saying, here Paul, uh, sorry, Peter and John are taken into custody with the apostles. It's late in the day. They're kept overnight. And then the next day, they are put on trial before the religious leaders. And that's where we pick up our story. So they were put into carceration overnight because of the persecution, the next day they brought before the religious leaders, and here we pick it up. Acts 4, verse 5 to 31. Reading from the New King James Version, it says, And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together in Jerusalem. And when they had set them, that's the apostles, in their midst, they asked them, by what power or by what name have you done this? When there is power, there is always a source. The religious leaders wanna know, what is the source of this power? By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter filled with the Spirit, he starts to speak. May I remind you, this was the same Peter that had denied Jesus some time before, but now he was a different, spirit, a different man. He had a different spirit because the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God is allowed to rise up within you, you will become like a different person. You will have boldness that you didn't have before. Then Peter, filled with the Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people, and elders of Israel, if this day we are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, can you see his boldness? He says, you wanna know who's healed this man? I wanna tell you and everybody else listening, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man stands before you whole. <laughs> it's almost like Peter says, take that. You wanted to know, now, that, now you know. And Peter goes on to say, he says, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now look at verse 13. Now, when they saw the, what's that next word? Boldness, say it out loud. Now, when they saw the boldness, this is the first of three times the word boldness appears in Acts chapter four. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? They saw these disciples had been with Jesus and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. 
But when they had commanded them to go, out, uh, to go aside out of the council, they conferred amongst themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed that a motive, uh, notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them. So that's what the religious leaders wanted to do. Now we're gonna threaten them. <laughs> let us threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. I wonder what you would do if you were threatened and told, stop speaking about the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So, when they had further threatened them, bullied them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people. I wanna tell you, the religious mindset is always scared of the people, but the spiritual believer is not scared of the people. The spiritual believer walks in the fear of God and will do whatever God says despite the, fee, the, the, the people and the fear that comes from the people. But they found no way of punishing them because of the people since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their companions. So this is the apostles. They went back to those that were gathering in the households busy praying. They went back to them and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God. And with one accord said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. So they begin to cry out to God. Jump to verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your service, servants that with all, what's that next word? Boldness. Say it louder. With all boldness, they may speak your word. There the word occurs for the second time by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, listen to this, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. What a cool prayer meeting to be in. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with, what's that word, say it loud? Boldness. So yeah, three times in this chapter, we see Holy Spirit boldness in evidence. I wanna tell you, God wants Holy Spirit boldness in evidence in his church today. And so we might ask, well, what happened after this? Well, they were released, the apostles were released, but then shortly thereafter, Peter was preaching again, and he was preaching boldly. And again, the apostles were threatened. They were, uh, this time, they were threatened, and they were beaten, and then later released. But you know what? They did not stop preaching. Why? 
I believe it's not because of their natural tenacity and determination. I believe it's because of the power of the Holy Spirit giving them boldness. They did not stop preaching. And it says in Acts 5, verse 42, I'll just read it to you. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease. Don't you love that? They did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Wow. What a powerful story. And folks, when we read a story like this, it should impact upon us. It should say I, it should say to us what I see in terms of the boldness there, the fullness of the Spirit, I want it in my life. I want it in my life group. I want it in my church. I want it to be fully experienced because God didn't stop giving it back then. It is still available today in Jesus' name, amen? Now, I have four points that I'd like to share with you, but... I probably might only get to three of them as I did in the first service. Point number one, when threats come your way, stand strong in God. Think about that for a moment. When threats come your way, stand strong in God. It's all about having a faith-filled response to threats that may come our way. And it says, by the way, keep your Bible open in Acts chapter four. It says in verse 29, the first part, it says, now, Lord, look on their threats. So the religious leaders, religious leaders had threatened Peter and they told him and the apostles, stop preaching and also stop using the name of Jesus. I wanna ask you today, what would you do if you faced the situation? where you were told to stop preaching the name of Jesus? What if you, at your place of work, were told you may not speak about Jesus anymore? We've brought in this new corporate policy and we're trying to have everybody happy and nobody offends anybody or what have you. And so therefore, in this company, let's say it's a company of 220 people, massive call center, all sorts of people, and they say you cannot talk to any other colleague about Jesus. In, not in the cafeteria, not outside, whatever, doesn't matter. You cannot speak about the name of Jesus. How would you respond? How would you respond? Well, I'm convinced because you are spiritual believers that you would not let it deter you and you might be wise and shrewd in terms of how and when you speak to people, but I believe that you will continue to be an influence and you will continue to open your mouth for God. Amen. Please tell the person next to you, don't be silenced. Tell them that. Don't be silenced. So in spite of these threats, the apostles continued teaching and preaching and nothing was gonna stop them. And you know what? They even prayed that God, would you continue demonstrating your power? Now, the power of God was the very thing that got them into trouble. But yet they are praying yet again, God, would you continue to release your power? Even though it's gotten us into trouble, we don't care. We wanna be obedient to God. I wanna tell you sometimes the power of God being released in your life may get you into trouble with some people. It might get you into trouble with your family that they begin to despise you or not invite you to certain functions or things like that. But I wanna say, you preach anyhow. You be bold anyhow. Don't be intimidated. And I think of Reinhard Bonker. Reinhard Bonker went to be the Lord not so long ago, an amazing evangelist, a man of God, and praise God for his life testimony of integrity in serving the Lord. 
And you know, one day he was going to go conduct a crusade in a certain area. I'm not sure which part of the world it was. But he was going into an area which was known to be hostile towards Christians. And so some of the local militia in that area had threatened his campaign organizers, the crusade organizers, and had threatened him. And they had said, Mr. Bonker, if you come and if you preach in our city, we will kill you. We will assassinate you either before the meeting or during the meeting or after the meeting. We will assassinate you. But you know what? Reinhard Bonker, had, he had no doubt that God had spoken to him that this crusade was of God and should go ahead. And so in the, in, in the face of these threats, he went straight ahead and he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and tens of thousands of people were saved. Nobody was harmed because they were operating under God's instruction and in the power of the Spirit. You see, the issue is when threats come your way, stand strong in God. I think of uh, my dad. So my dad in the early years of his ministry was a conservative Baptist pastor. But then the Holy Spirit showed up and began to change everything. His life began to be filled with the Spirit. Suddenly there was more power in his preaching and in his ministry and in the lives of everybody in the church. And in terms of that, wonderful things started to happen. But you know what? Some of the ministers in the Baptist Union were threatened by the blessing and the success that my dad began to experience. And they actually began to criticize him, to say ugly things against him, to try to break him down, to make him seem like he's part of some sect or something like this. And you know, there was one occasion where there was over a weekend of ministry, there was this incredible time where 350 people got baptized in one weekend. It was incredible. But you know what those religious leaders of the day said? We suspect that your figures are fraudulent, that you have fabricated these figures. How can it be? Surely you are not getting these people saved properly. And you know what? My dad refused to be intimidated. And he said, well, I don't care what you're saying. These are the facts. They are accurate. And then he said, Holy Spirit, move even more in our midst. Pour out your spirit even more. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, give me more boldness. Wow. And that is a faithful response to threats. I wanna tell you that the devil will always try to intimidate spirit-filled believers. How many of you can say you've received the fullness of the spirit and that you are a spirit-filled believer? Raise your hand nice and high. Well, I wanna tell you, the enemy will always try to intimidate spirit-filled believers. Don't let him do that. Don't. Don't let him do that. The scripture says in 1 John uh, 4 verse 4, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why should we be intimidated if God is greater? That same verse in the message says, the spirit in you is far stronger than anything in the world. Do you realize that whatever is born of God, and that's you, overcomes the world? And so as believers, if we're gonna operate in boldness, we also need to have the right mindset, realizing that we are more than conquerors in Christ. Greater is he who is in us. And we are born of God, therefore we overcome the world. And so I wanna say to you, child of God, that you, if you are faced with a threat, call on God. 
This is what the believers did in the early church. It says in Acts 4, 24, it says, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God. That's what you do when a threat comes your way. You raise your voice to God and you begin to call out to God and say, God, I can't in my own strength, but would you help me to overcome this threat? And you know what? God then intervened in the situation. And sometimes this is the only thing we can do. We've come sort of, uh, you know, through some serious times and all we can do is call on the name of the Lord. But there is nothing greater than calling on the name of the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Point number two. So point number one was when threats come your way, stand strong in God. Number two, supernatural boldness is available through God's spirit. Let me say that again. Supernatural boldness is available through God's spirit. I wonder, do you believe that? Do you believe that right down in your heart? I wanna encourage you to believe that. So the reality is that God is ready to empower you and me with boldness. He is ready to reinforce us with boldness. He's ready to strengthen us with boldness. And it says in verse 13 of our text, it says, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. So this is interesting. The Sanhedrin, the religious council recognized that the source of their boldness was J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. And today, he is still the source of our boldness by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I wanna tell you that God can do incredible things through your life. There's some of you that are listening to me and there's something that you need to step out and do in response to what God is saying to you concerning boldness. But you've been having a spirit of timidity. And I wanna say that there's no place for that because God by his spirit wants to give you boldness that you would have the courage in God to step out and do what God is calling you to do. There's some of you who have dreams and visions and destiny and purpose and potential within you and you know it hasn't yet been released and one of the reasons is because you're scared. But I wanna tell you, if you will open up to the Spirit of God and say, God, even though I feel weak in my own frame, by your Spirit, would you help me to stand up? Would you help me to speak and do and step out into what I need to do? And so God can do amazing things in your life. Is anybody receiving the message today? Amen? Praise the Lord. Also in verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, there it is, they may speak your word. You know what? Sometimes it's as simple as asking, saying, God, would you please give me boldness? I wanna ask you this question, child of God, listening to me today, you in the Baobab Hall listening, I wanna ask, when last did you ask God for boldness? Maybe it's been a long time since you asked him for boldness. Rather be like the early church, where they said, God, give us boldness. Give us boldness to do what we need to do. 
And also then in verse 31, the last part, it says, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Just before this, they had been praying for boldness, and now it says they spoke the word with boldness. In other words, their prayer was answered. And I believe that your prayer too will be answered. As you ask God for boldness, He's not gonna find fault. In the same way that he gives wisdom without finding fault, he will give you the boldness, I believe, without finding fault. Now let me say this, in terms of boldness, please understand, boldness is not arrogance. Boldness is not being pushy. Boldness is not being forward. Boldness is most certainly not recklessness. But boldness, listen to this, is the courage to push past your fears and do the will of God. Did you get that? Let me say that again. Boldness is the courage to push past your fears and do the will of God. But it's because the Spirit of God is empowering you to do that. Let me tell you a little story. I remember years ago before we started Choose Life and I was in my previous context, in the previous church that I was in, I remember being called before a committee, and in terms of this committee, uh, because they realized that I was now gonna be leaving the church and so on, can I have a little bit more level on my mic, please? Uh, they realized that I was gonna be moving on, and then they called Mandri and I in. So here, myself and Mandri, we are in the, uh, the, the main uh, meeting room for the pastors, and there's five senior pastors, and there's Mandri and I. And they said, John, we want you to know that if you leave this place, we expect a three-year commitment in writing that you will not start a church anywhere else in the city for three years. That's what they said to me. What a difficult situation to be in. I was a younger man at that stage, and all of these people I had looked up to, they were my seniors, so to, so to speak, but you know what? Something happened in my heart today and I said very clearly and assertively, I said, I am not prepared to make that commitment. Finished and clear. I said it clearly and I said it boldly. But you know what I believe it was? It was the Holy Spirit giving me the boldness to say what needed to be said. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. And so I can't take the credit, but I know that God can cause me to do some things that in my natural man, I might shrink back from, but God did it, God did it. And I honor the Lord for giving me the boldness in that time. Now, you might be listening to me today and you say, well, John, you don't understand. I hear you talking about boldness, but listen, I am a shy person. <laughs> and so please understand that this boldness thing is maybe for other people in the kingdom of God. Well, I want to respectfully challenge that mindset. I wanna challenge your mindset. If you say, I'm gonna be hiding behind my shyness, I challenge that mindset because you know what? I believe that God wants to empower every single one of his children with boldness from on high. Come on. Don't hide behind this whole shyness thing. He wants to empower every single child, especially those who are shy. Listen to this statement. Shyness is not a gift, it is a hindrance. <laughs> 
Shyness is not a gift, it's a hindrance. Some people say, well, isn't shyness like a fruit of the Spirit? No, it's not, that's gentleness. Gentleness is completely different. Shyness is not one of the gifts from God. And I wanna say to you, there's some people that are hiding behind their shyness. Don't do it anymore. Say, God, make me bold, and I will do whatever it is you are telling me to do. Let me tell you a story about my dad. So, my dad grew up in a Christian home, but at the age of 18 years, he got soundly converted, and his life changed for God at the age of 18. And then he started to wanna serve God and be available to be used by God, and so on. And so, in little ways, he started to serve, but he had this fear of praying in public. So the one time he ends up in this little Baptist prayer meeting, just before church, they would pray together in this prayer meeting, and here my dad is, and he starts to eventually, well, different people are praying, and eventually he plucks up the courage and he says, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray. He's very nervous. His knees are having fellowship with one another, if you know what I mean, and it's not the anointing. And so next thing, what happens? My dad starts to pray. It's wonderful. This is his breakthrough. His first time he's praying in public and a few moments into his prayer, halfway through his prayer, he froze up and he couldn't say anything more. Out of fear, he froze up. Oh, Lord, help us. That's when you pray, Lord, rapture now, please, Lord. I want the rapture now. But you know what? His mother, my grandmother, was in the room as well, and she graciously just stepped in and carried on her son's prayer and saved face in that way. And so there my dad was tremendously embarrassed by what had taken place, but you know what? He refused to stop trying. And some of you have been through an experience similar where suddenly you've had anxiety when you're trying to step out and do something and then you say, okay, well, God, you didn't help me in that situation. In my mind, you didn't help me, so I'm never gonna do it again. I'm never gonna try again. But you know what my dad said? I will not stop trying to step out in boldness before God. And God began to do a work and he tried again and it got a little better, got a little bit better. And eventually my dad became a bold person in Christ and ultimately he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ right around the world. But it started with this moment of the enemy trying to intimidate. I wanna tell you, boldness can shift you into the purposes of God, come on. Amen, touch the person next to you and say amen. Praise the Lord. And so you might say, well, how can I increase my boldness? This is how you can increase your boldness. Number one, you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit for boldness. And then number two, you look for opportunities to speak about Jesus or to step out and obey him. In Acts 4 verse 20, it says, for we cannot but speak the things that we have seen and heard. And I wanna encourage you, child of God, there is a time when you open your mouth and speak. Now, I know that there's this thing of lifestyle evangelism, and it's wonderful. People say, well, I'm just gonna let my life be a living letter. People can see my attitude, my heart, my life, and so on, and that is wonderful. Lifestyle evangelism is powerful. But you know what? There also comes a time when you open your mouth and you speak, unashamedly. 
And don't be a person that shrinks back because God wants to give you the boldness to speak out. And you, you might say, well, I just wanna set an example through my lifestyle. Now I wanna tell you, open your mouth as well. I also just wanna say that boldness isn't just about preaching, but it can be about taking a step forward. For you, it might be praying in your life group. For you, it might be just the willingness to raise your hands in worship. You've never had the liberty to do that. For some people, boldness might be writing an article exposing ancestral worship or being a whistleblower on fraud. For some people, boldness might be, well, I'm finally gonna step out and I'm gonna launch that Christian app. For some people, it might be that you're gonna step up and be involved in the worship team. Even though you're very shy to be on stage, you're gonna step up and you're gonna make yourself available. Amen? Now, I wanna move on to my third point and this will be my last point for today. Just to recap, point number one is when threats come your way, stand strong in God, amen? Number two, supernatural boldness is available through God's spirit. And number three is it's time for the church to boldly raise its voice. I wanna say that again. It is time for the church to boldly raise its voice. Come on, give the Lord a hand if you agree with that. It says in Hebrews 13, verse six, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, let me say, I've thought a lot about this pandemic and the things that we've been through, and I thought that it has actually exposed a few things related to the church of Jesus Christ in South Africa. And I'd like to just mention a few things. I believe that this pandemic has exposed, on the one hand, a lack of unity in the church. Sadly so. But we're working on that. I also believe that this pandemic has exposed the lack of a united voice from the church speaking into government but we're working on that. Now, on the other hand, I believe it's fair to say that this pandemic has exposed the tendency for the government to discriminate against the church and treat it as a soft target and a pushover. Some of you are too quiet. I've thought about this very carefully. I also believe that this pandemic has exposed that the government doesn't truly value the role and appreciate the role that the church fulfills in society. I also believe that this has exposed that the government doesn't really respect and honor the voice of the church. If you think that the government's heart is just so towards the church and so favorable towards the church, I wanna tell you, think again, because that's not the case. We actually have a secular state that is tolerating the church and not celebrating the church, and I believe that that is a problem. You might say, well, what is the answer, John? I believe that the answer is that it's time for the church to boldly raise its voice. Come on, it's time for the church to boldly raise its voice. 
And it's time that we would be counted as never before, as never before. And I wanna say, and in terms of our voice being counted, it's not just for now, for the safe reopening of the churches, but it's also that the church can influence issues like comprehensive sexual education, like corruption, like holding the government accountable. It's also so that the church can be an influence in the rampant immorality that we've seen in our nation and also in the rampant sexualization of our culture. It's no wonder there's so much rape and abuse of women and gender-based violence. It's because like the sewers were opened over the nation of South Africa. It's no small wonder that these things are happening. And you know what? The church's voice is being ignored and not regarded. But I have a sense in my heart that God in this season is even using the lockdown for good and he's gonna cause the voice of the church to rise and rise and rise and rise like never before. And let me tell you this, that the early church, do you know that they were feared and they were respected because they were moving forward with great boldness. They were not being intimidated. It says in Acts 17, verse six, and by the way, I am drawing to a close. Acts 17, verse six, it says, these who have turned the world upside down have come here. (laughs) And so that community was suddenly, oh shucks, the church has been so effective, so influential, so powerful. Now they are coming here. And take note that the early church, they were not quietly sitting in their own corner, minding their own business, but they were impacting the world. Do you see the boldness? Do you see, (coughs) sorry, do you see the boldness? And it says in Proverbs 28 verse one, it says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Come on, how many righteous are there in this place? It says, the wicked man flees when nobody chases him. (laughs) Some people say, that's why you you must never go running. (laughs) The wicked flees when nobody, or the wicked runs when nobody chases them. No, but let me tell you this. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Say that with me. The righteous are as bold as a lion. And so I believe that there comes a time when the church is forced to insist to government that the church of Jesus Christ must be opened. When we boldly and unashamedly say, government, Mr. President, and all those that are on the command council, etc., the cabinet ministers, the top six, where we say, open the church of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Listen to the statement. There comes a time when our silence becomes unrighteous. (laughs) I wanna ask you, have you ever said anything in this time about the need for the church of Jesus Christ to open? Because I wanna tell you, there comes a time where you just keeping quiet is not okay. It actually becomes unrighteous. And so, listen to what Paul, uh, Peter and John said in Acts 4, verse 19 to 20 in the message, it says, But Peter and John spoke right back and they said, whether it's right in God's eyes to listen to you, the authorities, rather than God, you decide. 
But as for us, there's no question about it. We cannot keep quiet about what we have seen and heard. We have to preach, we have to declare, we have to gather, we have to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And let me also say this, that the church in South Africa, our humble compliance over what is now basically a year must not be misconstrued. It must not be understood to be weakness. Oh, no, 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 no. Because I wanna tell you, watch out, take note. The giant of the church of Jesus Christ is rising up, it is waking up, and you watch what God is gonna do. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Can somebody also shout out hallelujah? Amen, stand with me, stand with me. Let us pray, let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, as I read this word that you've given to us, as I look at this passage of scripture, we see this New Testament church bold. <laughs> we see them full of the Spirit, we see them bold. And so maybe you just wanna raise your hands to the Lord right now and we say, Holy Spirit, fill us with boldness right now. Won't you say that? Holy Spirit, fill us with boldness. Say it one more time. Holy Spirit, fill us with boldness right now. We receive of your Spirit. We receive of the boldness that comes from you. And we declare that the giant of the church of Jesus Christ is rising up in this nation. And we are believing that we will see our God act powerfully on our behalf and for the sake of the expansion of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, and we all say aloud, amen, amen. amen. God bless you, everybody. God bless you.